to I think it's van chat 25 if I can read Numen numerals anymore Roman numerals anymore so uh, we are back in Tucson about to head back out to Prescott and then Big Sandy which is a big machine gun shootout in the desert and then Tulsa back to Tulsa for the Wanamaker show and then uh, back to Phoenix for the SAR West, the big small arms review show, which we're going to be set up uh, with uh, the guys from the KCA, the Kalashnikov Collectors Association, a bunch of people that they used, the guys used to go over and meet with General Kalashnikov or Grandpa or whatever you want to call him. And then uh, his grandson would come over and meet up with us once a year at the SAR show. Uh, yeah, I've drank Russian Kalashnikov vodka with his grandson before, which was kind of cool. And uh, he would tell us all about how people were capitalizing on a name and stealing their money and stuff like that. So anyway, uh, going to meet up with Martin and some of the guys from the KCA from back in the day. And we're going to set up a bunch of stuff at the SAR show. So that'll be a continuation of the tour. And then that'll take us into next year with the uh, SHOT Show, right, in January. Everybody's getting ready for that. I guess it is just right around the corner. Uh, they start later and later, I guess, each year. It used to be you'd do all that stuff in August, and now it's already October, and they're just now getting around to registering for SHOT Show. So um, let's see. I've been uh, working on mapping out all the stuff from the tour. Uh, I'll go through it here. We started out, it looks like, on September 3rd, and... Today is Monday, the 9th of October. We got back on the 8th. So if I go down here to the 8th and say Tucson, return to Tucson. Looks like um, we were gone for about 36 days. So we left on September 3rd to middle of Texas, middle of nowhere, Texas. Uh, the first day, San Antonio. The second day, it took us two days to get out there. Headed up to about Waco, head up and uh, hung out with Dr. No, who's been a frequent guest and uh, confidant on uh, the van. So I uh, met up with him, met up with Edge in Tucson, or not in Tucson, in San Antonio. Uh, let's see, that'll take us to the 7th. We were, uh, that Thursday, we were up, found ourselves in Texarkana, and that was the whole water pump incident. Uh, that got us behind schedule a little bit going through Little Rock area on the 8th, took us to Chicago area on the 9th. That's when the transmission blew out, driving around with Dano on the 10th. So got up to Chicago and went to, let's see, take in here, the, is that thing called the bullpup chute? Went into the bullpup chute, then drove around with Dano to a gun show and should put these in two columns maybe. Went to a gun show and Gat Guns, which is a great gun shop in Illinois. Uh, then we went to get some chocolate chip pancakes, and then on our way to the second gun show that day, or gun shop that day, the transmission blew out. So then I had a few days of eating Chicago pizza, where I was basically doing nothing, <coughs> literally. And then uh, 
I got back on the road. Looks like Thursday, the 14th. So day 12 of the trip. So that's pretty much the last updates that came out. We're uh, back on the time in Chicago there from the, uh, the 11th and 12th. So we got out to Detroit on the 14th. Like I said, that's day 12th of the trip. Started checking out some gun shops out there. Uh, boogied over to Scranton, Pennsylvania area and spent a couple of days. Got there a little early, but uh, spent a couple of days uh, checking out things before the Bannerman Castle tour on Sunday the 17th. Met up with John on the 17th and checked out the Bannerman Castle tour. And then uh, that brought us to the uh, that day and evening. I booked down to DC, <coughs> met up with Marco on the 17th and 18th, and hung out there until the 19th. Did some computer work again, and then uh, ended up at Pink's place in Ohio on the 20th. Uh, then I booked over to Indianapolis on the 21st and then the 22nd in St. Louis. So that must have been, let's see, Saturday that I did the gun show. So that's a gun show. So that means, wait a minute, that's... And then that Sunday was a gun show. So we met up. Ghost just jumped in. We met up on a Monday then, huh? Who, me and you? Yeah. Uh, we must have gone to that gun show on Sunday the 24th and then met up to do the... Yeah, yeah, it was Monday. It sure was. It sure was a Monday. So then that would be Little Rock, basically. I'm just mapping out, like, in general, where I was all this time. So that gets us to day 23 of the tour, or September 25th, depending on how you want to look at it. Then uh, left to go to Tulsa on Tuesday the 24th. And that got me down to the Dallas area on Wednesday, I guess. No, I spent a day there and then drove down. So let's just say Tulsa for two days. I uh, spent some time at that museum. So that got me to Dallas on Thursday, which was good because Friday was the media summit, 2A media summit, they call it. Then we had uh, Saturday and Sunday were the Gun Rights Policy Conference 2017, which was uh, pretty interesting. And Monday, I headed over to check out the playing cards. That was also basically in Dallas. And looks like I also met up with um, my friend Martin from the KCA on Sunday. And he's the one that told me about the Infantry Museum up in Oklahoma City. So that's where I headed on Tuesday. I think it had been recommended by other people as well, of course, but Martin said, where are you going next? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, yeah, you do. You're going to the 50th or the 45th Infantry Museum. That was awesome, by the way. Yeah, it seriously was worth going there. 
Um, what I really like about it is it's a great collection, but done in the military mindset, very clean and organized and efficient, but then by campaign. And I really like that. And they had just enough Nazi shit that I don't mind Nazi shit when it's in that setting, when it's the dudes who killed the Nazis to get that stuff. I'm all about them displaying their Nazi stuff. When it's other people, I don't like it. Giving the shit about Nazis so much, I don't like to give them things. So anyway, that's just me. So uh, that was Oklahoma. There's no I in Oklahoma, so me, obviously there's no spell check in this. Oklahoma. Then uh, that got me to Dodge City Wednesday. Pretty much all of these add up to the days of the. Um, also, whatever the, the location of the podcast was. Uh, so after that, must have been. No, I couldn't have been. Did you go straight from Dodge into uh, Colorado? No, I. It, oh, I must have. Yeah, it must have been Dragon Man on Thursday. That's what it was. It was Dragon Man on Thursday because I thought I was going to do the gunsmithing school on Friday, and I didn't. So. Then I'll just put in here. I'm using that town, Trinidad. So that's what happened. I went to see Dragon Man, and then that's where he was like, "Oh, I'll do the tour because the TV crew was there." But normally, I'd have to wait till Sunday, and that was the dilemma. Do I wait around Colorado Springs for one, two, three days waiting for the thing, which would have cost something, right? It would have yeah. cost something, and then. Uh, um, but it would have been cool to see that. But I think I'm definitely going to, well, it just means I have to go back up there. So anyway, I went down to uh, Trinidad to stage for the gunsmith school. And I didn't go down to New Mexico. And I'm glad because it turned out the internet was really shitty down there. I suspected it might be because all the Red Dawn places were pretty shitty internet. And this was even further out in the desert. So uh, I, went, I stayed in Trinidad and just uh, camped out basically in case that guy called from the gunsmithing school and just use that data. I had stuff to do uh, that uh, for the card still. I needed to uh, move addresses over to the people who were gonna ship and that kind of thing. So anyway, I took that day to do computer stuff and then Saturday I got down to New Mexico in what's called the Whitting, Whitting, Whittingham, whatever, museum. So that big NRA range out there has a museum. It's only open on Saturday. That's another reason they staged in Colorado waiting because uh, there was nothing to do there. I, and I now realize I could have rented a room from them, but then I would have had to pay for a room. They wouldn't just let me like sit in the van in the parking lot. So that was, uh, I don't know, it's not worth driving out there. And I took a picture of every single gun in the museum. It's a museum, right? Um, so I've at least somebody who is thinking about going out there, I can literally show them every single gun and they can decide if it's worth their time still to go out there. What did you think? Is it was is it worth it? I mean, in your opinion? Oh, no, no. Would no, you no. go back and put it that way? No, uh, yes, only because it's two hours north of Red Dawn, three hours south of Dragon Man, and it's an NRA range that's awesome. It's probably the biggest shooting facility I've been in. No, it's not. It's the second or biggest, third biggest, I guess. But um still pretty damn big and unlike the other two where you can't really unless you're a member you're not going to be there the other right. two schools right private schools um this one you can just rent like either a cabin or campgrounds or 
uh, rooms in some kind of bunkhouse type of thing. Um, so that makes it appealing, I think, to go out there to the range and rent a bay and then have the facilities where we can all go out there as gun channels, right, and just hang out, shoot, whatever, and then go to the Red Dawn shooting locations one day and go up to Dragon Man the other day. So in that case, yeah, but for just a regular person who's like, I'm going to go spend money to go on a vacation and it's going to have to do with guns, there's like a million better places you could go than the stupid NRA museum in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's like there, and if you happen to be there on a Saturday, go in there, but it's basically just a big room of some guy's private collection of guns, and it's not that interesting. I mean, I it's, it's not that interesting. So it's nowhere near the uh, of a collection, quote-unquote, as Tulsa or Oklahoma City. Uh, no, but this is just a guy's collection. Like okay. I, I, everybody knows, somebody who's got this collection. It's a couple yeah. of dozen, except you know, nice guns, but big deal. It's dozens of yeah. nice guns. So everybody knows. You probably, if you shoot at all, you know somebody who's got hundreds and hundreds of guns. You might not sure. know it, but you do. Sure. And if you shoot a lot, shoot competitively, or you hang out at gun shows enough, then you know lots of people that have hundreds and hundreds of guns. So yeah. a collection like this. It's nice to see it all displayed nice in a big fancy room. Unless you're a big rich guy, you don't have a whole room to devote to it. So most of these kind of collections are just in drawers and safes and stuff. Yeah. So in that respect, it's nice, but it's just some rich guy's stuff. So looking at it is interesting. I'd rather see it where there's something else going on. There's literally nothing else out there but some antelope and some grass because it's in the middle of nowhere, off the middle of highway in the middle of nowhere. It's just nothing. It's nothing out there. So it's more of a collection instead of a quote-unquote museum. Well, it's a museum because there's little descriptions next to everything, and it'll teach a little kid some stuff, but it's just dumb stuff. There's, it's general, like, this is a cult gun, and it was made from this year to this year. Nothing, like, in the scale of any of the other museums or, like, the scope or even the knowledge. It's just a bunch of stuff that's in a room, and it's fancy. So I'm not downplaying it. I mean, I'd see it. It is a museum, but hopefully I've saved a bunch of people a bunch of time and effort to get out to it because it's there is nothing unique there. There's a stuffed polar bear. I don't know how often you see a stuffed polar bear, a full mount. Bunch of people, a bunch of time and effort to get out. Oops. So watching the comments over on the gun channel side, or I guess the uh, YouTube side, I should say. Well, let's see what's going on. We're doing an end of the long tour wrap up this is really a band chat so probably should be talking more about the uh, machine itself and we could talk about the locations on the tour in a tour update just to keep them separate for uh people that may not give a damn about where i drove but more of the van itself so with water that, pump and transmission are running good yeah definitely That's let me good. just finish with that in mind though um watching the gun channel side and the youtube side um no oh, um let me uh throw um so i guess with that in mind feel free to ask questions about the van itself or do we want to jump in but you're asking water pump and the transmission yeah, they're doing fine, I think. Um, when I took it for like a, I think they want you to do a 10-day tune or 10-day checkup. And I had no idea how to do the math <clears throat> when I immediately left the place and drove like 
almost nonstop for like the next days. So I basically drove to New York and then drove to DC. And then I was like, okay, I'm done driving for a bit. I'll start looking for a place and stopped at one in Maryland. And uh, the guy basically drove it down the street. He, where he was at, there was some hills and whatnot. So he was able to drive it you know, 55 miles an hour, 60 miles an hour down to where these hills were and then pull into like a kind of a fancy development of homes where there was like twisty and curvy roads going up and down and cul-de-sacs and stuff. So he was able to give it a pretty good, you know, series of starts and stops and breaks and whatnot and determine that it was all running good. So ever since then, um, you know, it's been, I'm knocking on wood here, it's been working just fine. So uh, transmission, yeah, seems to be good. And water pump was fairly easy. Once I took it apart for the fourth time and figured out that I had not removed, you know, a good chunk of the first uh, little um, gasket, it was, you know, it, it wasn't like a problem with the engine or a crack and something, you know, devastating. It was just me being an idiot and not scraping off enough of that one gasket. So that was pretty much good to go ever since. But uh, yeah, I would say at this point, I'm convinced that van is is good to go. There's maybe some kind of rattle. Um, I was driving somewhere to get chocolate chip pancakes and hit a kind of where a cutout would be, like a lack of a curb, I guess. And like instead of hitting a curb, I, I went down into where you know, it's just nothing. I wouldn't even call it a pothole so it was kind of off the road. Anyhow, I don't know if it twisted the wheel or something, but maybe I snapped a support for the exhaust or some sh uh, shroud for an exhaust because now it sounds like I have a, a shroud rattling back there somewhere. Huh. So I guess that's about the only mechanical issue at this point. And Cobra jumped in. Thanks for jumping in. Hey, guys. Hey guys. Um, let's see. I did uh, one of the tricks I did uh, when I'm driving is to turn on the phone with a email, and I email myself, and then I use the little microphone thing to let it dictate to the phone, so I can just talk, and it'll put it into words for me, uh, type it out for me. And uh, one of the things I'm going to do is like uh, uh, I don't know what to call it, like a wish list for the van, because as I'm driving. You know, I have time to think about, you know, ways that like, things I could do to it, like little stupid things like painting up, or touching up the paint on it or uh, um, putting air conditioning ducts into the back or something or, uh, you know, things like that. So I'm going to post some of those kind of things in future videos. And um, I'm hoping that viewers out there that might have resources, uh, maybe they work for a place or they own a place or they somehow are affiliated with a place that can help me out with labor or with uh, getting the stuff cheap, then, um, you know, I could use that as part of the destination, like what direction to go. If I know that in, you know, Wyoming, I can get the hookup on, I don't know, setting up some kind of AC unit. Huh? Did you ever get the radio hooked up? The, uh, the, the satellite radio? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got the satellite radio hooked up when I was in D.C., and that That'll made help a lot. <laughs> so awesome having radio literally everywhere. There was a couple of spots where it would fade out, um, you know, maybe because of the soil or something, like uh, or under, under a bridge or something. But uh, um, for the most part, yeah, that made it 
totally worthwhile because I, I was getting some issues with the internet. For the most part, I could uh, in populated areas and if I'm on a main highway, it'll give me internet and I could stay in the live chat. But as soon as I was like cutting across somewhere weird, and I wasn't on a interstate, let's say, like a major highway, then little chance they have an internet consistently. There'd be internet near the little town sometimes, but not always and not necessarily enough to stay, stay connected. So a few times I would try to listen to chats and I was having trouble. And a couple of times I was able to stay in a chat for a bit. But um, and then also the tablet that I bought is sort of a pain. It, it's, it does work and it definitely works if I'm just sitting there. So when I was just sitting someplace, I could turn the tablet on and join the chat and pretty much stay connected and sounded like you guys could hear me okay and I could hear everybody. And then that way the work, the effort of being in the chat was done on the tablet and the laptop can do just laptop stuff instead of having to flip back and forth between the chat on the laptop. And that worked out pretty good. But walk, uh, driving, it wasn't so good. The, lap, the little tablet couldn't keep a connection. You couldn't really hear. So it actually did keep a connection in some big cities. Again, if there's probably decent internet signals that are towers or whatever that it can jump between, it was doing okay. But uh, um, the, you couldn't hear it for shit. And you guys, I don't think, could ever hear me really good with it. So I needed to get uh, probably a uh, Apple or iTunes, whatever, uh, format earphone for it. And I was just too cheap to ever actually buy one. If the internet would have stayed better on it, if I thought I could stay connected with it, I probably would have bought the earphone and followed through with it. But it seemed like even if I would have paid the 7 to 12 bucks for an earphone, the thing just wasn't going to stay connected anyway. So, you'd, you know, it would have been a wasted money, I think. So what I think I'd rather do is plug in or set up some in-line uh, or built-in USB ports up where the rearview mirror area is, you know, the, the headliner. Yeah. And uh, have permanent USB up there because... Oh, that'd be a good idea. The thing needs to be plugged in. It does better when it's plugged in. And running a wire from it, then, like, down through the windshield just looks cheesy. And I think it makes it look like you have a radar detector or something. And if a cop's going to pull somebody over, why wouldn't it be somebody who's got all kinds of wires in their way? So why give them a reason to? So I figure I can use a shorter wire up there and then not have anything hanging down in front of me. So if I can put that thing in my visor where it is... Um, and then hook up a microphone wire to it, then I don't really have to see the thing at all. And then perhaps I can be in live chats with that thing having full power being plugged in instead of having to use battery power to do its Wi-Fi. Yeah. I think that might be part of it. And then uh, I wouldn't think that that'd be that hard to do, would it? Put Wi-Fi or put to get like a USB hub up, up there? Oh no, not at all. It'll just be a matter of doing it one afternoon. Um, I think I've also learned my lesson when I buy the stuff on Amazon. Everything I bought to this point was like, if there's three things on Amazon, I bought the cheapest one. Like the least expensive one was my only option. Like, boom, that's yeah. the one I'm buying. Next time around, the uh, cigarette lighters I bought like that are garbage. And it turns out it's the cigarette lighters um, more than anything, more than the little plug-in thing that turns them to USB. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I don't know what I was thinking. I needed to, I probably should buy at least the medium level if not pay attention to the reviews and just decide to buy whichever one has the best reviews because it's not that I want to look like I got USB ports. I want USB ports that work even when the van's bumping around and stuff. And these things I think just broke loose just under any amount of actual use. Like 
they're there to look like you got USB ports, but they're not strong. So I'm going to go with, you know, the $14 ones instead of the 999 ones. Make sure when you're doing that too, that you definitely pay attention to the wattage. On yeah. Those. Yeah. Higher wattage is going to be better. And especially if you're looking to charge something or to keep something powered up. Um, yeah, you want to definitely make sure that the higher watts are going to, are going to charge faster. And, um, if you haven't plugged in wire, like your, if you have your tablet plugged into that, why are you using it? Some of them, even though it's plugged in, you'll actually lose charge. But on the, if you get a higher wattage, it could actually still charge and, and increase the charge while you're using it live. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I think is happening when I depend on it to just either be plugged in with like the eight foot wire or whatever I was using to like, because I needed a wire that could get all the way up there and loop around and whatnot. Like those lose all their power as they, you know, yeah. they, they technically do keep it alive, but they're not like you're saying pumping juice into it. And it might be a cord also. You want to make sure you have at least a three point one amp cord, or you're not going to yeah. charge very fast. That's what I'm saying. Those long cords, they yeah, they can't do it, especially just pumping out of a little cigarette lighter. Yeah, so I think I'll put. You can get little little boxes. You know, you wire that thing in. And it does basically, it makes it a powered USB port, like you're saying, or a USB hub. Yeah. So anyway, that and a short cord, I think, will give that tablet a fighting chance to actually stay connected. And the other thing is my AT&T dealie, you know, plugs into USB. I need to get a backup little chassis for that because I do unplug it once in a while and carry it around with me in my pocket. And that's given the little chassis thing some physical abuse. So I need, and those things only, again, I, I bought the $12 one. I probably could look at the $30 one and see if it's physically stronger. And uh, either case, buy a couple of them so that I have a backup so that in the pinch for like the live show or something, I'm not sitting there with, you know, the that's when Murphy breaks the cord on me. <laughs> I'm going to put the, the USB ports up in the head, or what do you call it, the headliner, and then leave my AT&T thing up in the headliner. And... Right now, the only reason I don't do that is because the cord just barely doesn't reach. So instead of depending on the cord, I'll just move the USB ports up there again, give them good, strong amps, and then let that thing stay plugged in. It'll be physically closest to that tablet. And then I figure I got the best bet of being able to be live while we're driving. I'm also thinking if that works, I'm going to take a hot solder gun or something and melt a hole through my... Uh, what do you call that thing? Your sun pant, your sun visor, because that uh, that tablet is basically in a pocket in my uh, spec. What is that thing? A uh, SOE gear visor thing. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna pop a hole through that and the the visor itself, and let the camera of the um, tablet like poke, you know, see through. That way, when I put the visor down the camera can be pointing through to the road and it'll just go into horizontal mode and should look straightforward. The only issue is it might look through that like blue part of the windshield. You know how they get kind of tinted towards the top. Yeah. But uh, we'll see if visors are pretty big on a van and maybe I can angle it down or something. But I figure that's minimal modification to the vehicle and to that SOE thing. Uh, I like basically can do it with a soldering gun, just get it all hot and melt through there like a lightsaber and uh potentially have a cool little way to just put the visor down and it's not like in my eyesight you know the visor coming down is sort of above your eyes and then uh i could drive with the thing in a live chat driving just like it was a dash cam that'd be pretty fun 
and I don't think I'd get in trouble because I'm not touching it. So How that, long do you have before you head out on the road again? Have you figured that out yet? Well, I'm, I'm back now, and uh, we're looking at, I just got a table for the gun show up in Prescott this weekend. Okay. I need to start selling stuff to make some kind of money. I got to do something. So i uh, going to go up to a gun show there, and then the weekend after that is the big Sandy machine gun shoot. So yeah. I'm going to get a table there and uh, set up on the firing line as a vendor. So, again, have a bunch of oh, stuff. good. I'm going to make a, uh, I've got a vinyl cutter, right? So I can cut stuff out of vinyl and make little decals and shit like that. But you can buy, instead of buying vinyl, you can buy this stuff. It's basically iron-on, t-shirt iron-on stuff. So now you cut it on your vinyl cutter, peel it out. But instead of sticking it on a window, you stick it on a shirt. And then ideally you take one of those t-shirt presses. But if you don't have one, you can just take an iron and smash it on there. And um, I can take like um, take like a big, big piece of black fabric get a big G printed out in white and then iron it onto that fabric so that we can throw that over the table and have like a big gun channels G That'd and be awesome. have that for the, that everywhere. Yeah. Have it for the gun shows, have it for the big Sandy shoot and then, you know, just have it for when we set up at gun shows. Hey, speaking of selling stuff, I don't know if this is the time or not. We can maybe talk off air if you want, but uh, I was having some issues on the gear websites trying to buy uh, a couple t-shirts and stuff every time i would click click here to buy it says um uh, says something like store or shop not found or something like that have you have you heard of any other issues or it's just me maybe no what that is is those third party or whatever you want to call like built to order stores like Spreadshirt or yeah really any of them uh they're going to change every once in a while usually they pick this time of year when it's well it's a little late in the year but usually they pick the summertime when there's least amount of traffic online least amount of sales to do whatever updates so mm -hmm. if they change something drastic like how they do their URLs or something then it'll just kill all old links so it's one of those things that's just a nuisance that happens when you leave gotcha. the website without being monitored constantly so now that I know it's an issue I'll just go back into you know whatever sites I can find that directly linked to them and basically direct link to the new store I, I dealt with it earlier today somebody was mentioning it Okay. A specific one, I think, for every second matters, and uh, yeah, that's, that's when I was looking at. I forget it's, exactly uh, what I clicked on, but I had to like click on it and then click on gun websites, which is like the actual account, and then go back into the gear website store, and then it brought me into like the new version of the store that they're trying to push. I got you. That's um. I'm gonna open a launcher chat tonight uh, if Matt comes on after his. And there's something dealing with shirts and stores and stuff that I want to talk about. There's something I've been working on potentially for everybody on gun channels. So right on. as far as like a shirt vendor or something like that. Yeah. Okay. I talked to a guy in, uh, in that Fort Worth show who had some clever shirts. Um, they seemed original and then he was making them on Gildan. I think that company. And, uh, I thought they were pretty decent, and he seemed like a good guy, but that's as much as I know about him. And uh, oh, they well, were I don't have I don't have a whole lot of information on on this, and I don't want to I don't want to do it I don't want to do it here because I don't want to hijack yeah, this chat anyway. So I'll bring that stuff to them. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully by the Thursday show, because that's really where we need to talk about it anyway. Hopefully by then I will have more information. But yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to broker a deal. 
and what I'm what I'm trying to do um, honestly is use use gun channels as um, oh kind of work it like employer based insurance. You know what I'm saying? I mean, none of uh, none of our small channels are really big enough to try to broker any deals. But it's like, hey, can we do this if we did this through gun channels? You know, oh, could yeah. you extend that offer to everybody that is a creator on gun channels? And then you see, you see what I'm saying? So, I mean, everybody gets, we're Peace able to get into this place. Yeah, we're able to get into this place that only big people can get into, you know, but we're doing it as a group. So, so that'll, you're going to do that as a chat tonight? Uh, yeah, I'm going to open. I was going to do it last night, and then other Travis did his little food chat. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so i'm gonna i'm gonna open that up after matt so this is the van chat so i'm getting back to the van um yeah. looks like we did finish out the i don't know if you call it an itinerary after the fact but it looks like it was 36 days and i have to go through and count because there was like one two three four five six days in chicago for example a couple of days in maryland a couple of days in tulsa a couple of days in dallas so once i shorten it down to the, just the cities involved, it looks like it'll still be substantial, like 30-something cities. Um, but I like Bob's idea, and I don't know where I didn't think of it earlier, but I got to credit it to Bob doing the, like, a tour t-shirt, like an old... Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. So down the back, that's that's a lot of writing, though. I might have to do maybe a couple of designs and do, like, the first half and the second leg or something, or just make the writing small. But anyway, I'll... I'll think about that and I might do that as like a open up like an art contest or a t-shirt design contest. Um, I like to um, think that if we started doing more of those kind of things, you know, that would encourage more uh, artsy type of people over onto the channels too. But um, so I'm going to do that. And then uh, one of the reasons I wanted to get this list up here too is to um, I don't think I'm going to do 36 individual videos, but I'll do legs of the tour type of videos, you know, that tie something together or maybe the gun shops or the gun shows, um, the museums, you know, stuff like that. So I'm going to be um, kind of looking at what we've got for content and then dividing it up into interesting ways so that, for example, if somebody just doesn't care about the whole thing, they can still check out the museums or like the stuff about the van, right? So um anyhow i guess i'm getting sidetracked again this is a van chat so um at this point the van is good to go it's been driving really good uh next step after this is go through the receipts and figure out what the actual mileage was um i did pretty much 60 miles an hour for the most part there was a couple of spots like i remember coming from indiana to st louis um, I was trying to beat sunset because I wanted to get to that factory where the vans come from before sunset. So I brought, I went full speed to whatever maximum speed limits were there and made note of it on the guest receipts. And then at the last part between um, Albuquerque and Tucson, I just drove 75 miles for the last two tanks also. Uh, one, because I've driven that, dri I've driven that road, I mean, I'm not even exaggerating, probably 30 times in my life already. So I don't need to look at anything on that road. And that's 30 or that's six hours or eight hours worth of driving that I've done millions of times. Until we get so, old. Uh, 
you know, I was going to, I didn't have any problem going full speed just to get through it. But then also I figured as a comparison, right, the van was running fine. I was within, well within like a tow truck's distance home. So I figured if I was going to break something, I might as well break it right at the end. Um, so it gave a little bit of a stress. And then also I could compare that last two tanks with all the 60 mile an hour tanks and see if there really is a substantial difference. I really think there is though. It seemed like most of the trip I got 200 miles before it hit middle, you know, half a tank, and then I would get more gas. Now I know there's not consistent top half and bottom half, like it would go faster on the bottom half, but whenever I went to 75 miles an hour, it was more like 150 miles and it was hitting the middle of the tank. So I really suspect I can get an extra 100 miles out of a tank, go from 300 to 400 or something uh, per tank if I keep it at 60. Have you, did you figure out from the time you left to the time you got home, how many actual miles you put on this leg? No. And that's just because the receipts aren't, I didn't bring, I wanted, I should have brought like a trapper keeper, right? Something to like put all my receipts in. Instead, I was keeping them in my wallet thing, which is a pretty big wallet that like zips up. So I can carry quite a few receipts in there. Um, but then I would offload them into my one bag and with like no rhyme or reason. And I didn't really take time. Like I say, I should have really been doing a diary and keeping track of like mileage each day. It would have been so much easier now to tabulate it all. Cause now I have to basically go through this big stack of receipts and sort it out to the gas receipts yeah. and then put them in order. I mean, it's kind of, it's a task, but it, like I say, it's just a task I put on myself by not doing it incrementally. But uh, no, that, that's where I'm at. I have, to, I don't even think I have the, I might have the last receipt, but no, I'm kind of have not been paying attention to the mileage really good. So uh, um, at least I don't have that kind of memory to keep track of the actual mileage, but uh, it's probably a lot. I definitely think it's worth, it's probably due for another oil change and I will change the spark plugs out, you know, soon. Uh, I don't know. I guess that's the other thing we should probably uh when I got some guys in here, or if you guys know, um, whatever, I, I probably should do whatever the 150,000 mile, the rest of whatever the 150,000 mile uh, fluid changes and stuff are. Yeah. I'm probably going to change the belt out because it still squeaks. Um, you know, it's the kind of thing where I'm not going to pay full retail for a belt at a got a store along the way just because it was squeak but now that i'm back for a bit i can order that stuff off a of rock auto cheap oh yeah um my front lights are doing fine my headlights however after driving around and seeing so many led headlights i don't know if it's worth the 50 dollars upgrade i don't know if it's 50 bucks for two headlights i haven't looked or if it's 50 bucks for the set of headlights but they do have led headlights for that van and uh i don't know if you ever had any experience with putting led up front um, no, I, I actually thought about putting it on my wife's car and I want to say the lights themselves were probably about 50 bucks, but I think what you also have to take into consideration is you just can't take an led light headlight and put it in the current configuration. I think there's actually like a kit because they're not the same backing type thing i think it's an actual conversion kit that you gotta replace the old lights with the new stuff okay that's a couple hundred bucks i think at least the one for her car was but i'd definitely look into that because it's not just replacing a bulb it's it's a whole different 
like bracket or harness type thing inside the inside the headlights. But it might just been for her car. I don't know. I don't know enough uh, enough about that kind of stuff to uh, give you a, a definite answer because I'm not the most mechanically inclined person in the world. Well, that's good to know because a lot of times those things are like that, and that's what I need to figure out. Yeah, really All right, let's see here. What year van is it? I'll look it up for you. Uh, 2002. So Smaggy's out on those. He's got a link over on Gun Channels. Oh, there you go. Um, let's see. Should have come back to Tulsa for what? I'll be back. In I think Tulsa. he was talking about for uh, maybe the museum. I just said there's gonna be a bunch of us there in November. Right. Exactly. They're all going back for Wanamaker. Is that a Chevy or what? Yeah, Chevy Express 3500. All right. Chevy Express 3500 LED. What site's down, Rick? Okay. It looks like... Oh, every second matters isn't working? Thanks. It's possible I didn't pay a bill. They usually don't turn stuff off when you don't pay a bill. It's more likely just some sort of update or something that they're doing, but thanks for the heads up. Uh, Rupan said, I wouldn't use LED lights because they bring attention. I guess that's true. That's a good point. And I'll tell you, we're talking about van chatting here, so... Um, Man, I really think that uh, this is the way to go. Getting a, a fleet vehicle. Now, there's lots of different fleet vehicles. So, if, you know, just a standard size van doesn't work for you and you want something you can stand up in, there's definitely, you know, fleet vehicles, vehicles that come out of uh, municipalities, things that are designed to do who knows what mapping or whatever. I looked at a couple of those um, that you can get them that have the taller roofs in back or maybe buses or something size type of back ends or something. Yeah. It wouldn't be exactly the same as the van. I mean, the van, I literally never even had to think about it. Um, you just, just drive into a parking lot, turn around a couple of times to find, I like to find a spot where when I open the side doors, there's a place for the dog to pee. So, you know, pretty much most parking lots are going to have a little grass and a tree, just part of the way they design parking lots for whatever reason. So, uh, you know, just find one of those, park next to it, and go in the back and lay down or work on the computer or whatever. And uh, I had, on the pre-trip, when I went up to New Mexico, went to New Mexico and then Colorado, um, there's that first town in Colorado with all those marijuana stores and uh, Walmart parking lot where there's like a campground there. A bunch of people camp there. That's the only one that a police car kept patrolling it. You know, and I guess I can understand that one. They didn't, like, ask you questions, or they just were driving around? No, they were just driving around making sure it didn't get rowdy, because I'm thinking yeah. that one probably gets to be more like a little party time <laughs> on a Saturday night or something kind of thing. I just, I, I'm only assuming. I don't know. Maybe they were looking for a lost dog. I mean, literally, that's the only time I ever saw anybody. Now, police went by me before um, in <clears throat> Fort Worth. I was sitting there for quite a while doing the show and then other stuff basically just doing computer work with uh it was a little bit hot so i just had the back door open to get cross ventilation and then the two side doors open 
like I say, up to opened up to uh, basically a little grassy area with a hedge. So I had like my own little fenced in yard. It was kind of nice. Let the dog out and he was just sitting in the grass, you know, on the leash. And the cop went by and looked at me. But I mean, I think as long as you're not, you know, doing something weird, then they don't care. Were you ever asked by any of the Walmart or any places that you stopped that, you know, asked to leave or say you couldn't be there? No, that's good. The closest I got was a cop driving by. Yeah, that's good. Not even driving by slow and giving me the crook eye, but like literally just maybe they didn't even see me. Just driving into the parking lot. Like I only saw a few police. And um, no weirdness. I mean, when Bob and I drove around to New Mexico and a little bit of Arizona um, in his camper, and then I guess to Vegas, there was some rowdiness, but uh, like in the Walmart parking lots, but um, not on this trip. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's. I don't know how much you know the account is an indication. It's not like I stayed in any one place more than a day, so I only, you know, experienced little slices of every place. But uh, as far as just being able to pull in places, I didn't always park for like six hours at a time. In fact, I don't think I did that very often at all. You know, you just park long enough to get some work done or to take a quick nap. And uh, I could pretty much do that any parking lot. That's why I really like the the fleet vehicle, just having a plain old white van. It really, except for the Arizona license plate, you know, it doesn't look out of place really. I don't think anywhere. Yeah. Dano wants to know if you're going to upgrade the sleeping capabilities in the van if you keep it. <laughs> so that's a good question. Um, so as far as the comfort or like putting in a bed, hell no. The bed. I don't know if it classifies it, literally classifies it as an RV, like having a permanent bed. But just for me and the way I want to use the van, I just don't want a permanent bed. I don't need one. So it's been ultimately comfortable. The last couple of nights when it got really cold up in Colorado, it got down to like 45 or something at night. So um, having the air thing, whatever you call like a thermorest, where it's basically like a sponge inside of a heavy plastic shell. And you blow it up like a air mattress you would use in a pool, and the sponge inflates, and then you close the little valve, and it's an air mattress. And then whenever you open the valve and roll it up, the sponge like you know lets go of all of its air, and it rolls up really really tight. But it's a really well designed. And my, this one is an old vintage one from probably like the 80s or something, and it still works fine. So that thing in a blanket basically. Um, Whenever I got the old van, the first time I got a van, uh, the old dead one, um, one of the tips I got from a chat like this was to go to a U-Haul and ask them for the old uh, moving blankets. Because once they get kind of gross or torn or something, they don't want to throw them away, but they're also no good to them anymore. So they just wait for people to ask. And tons of people with dogs and kennels and stuff like that that go through blankets a lot know to ask right so a lot of the times the u-haul places just kind of have those things waiting for people to ask and they'll just give you some so i went into the closest one to my place and asked them and they gave me like three or four so um i keep those in the van now and the one night it was really cold i put down the air mattress with that thing you know big thick basically it's just a giant wool blanket and uh it was just like i was sleeping on i mean it wasn't exactly like a bed or anything but it was not cold there was no temperature coming through it um, so as far as cold, I think I'm covered. I think, uh, I'll probably get a little, or bring my little heater. I've got a tent heater that, uh, is kind of a large contraption that you can flip over and use to heat a pot of coffee in the morning. So, 
Um, it's too big for a tent, and I kind of don't like it because it's huge. But then on the other hand, this is not a tent, right? So I might as well bring it. It's not, and I, I don't have to buy anything. It just works off of propane. So uh, I'll probably just start bringing that. It's a little bit bigger than I'd want, but it's free. And uh, that'll definitely work because it got it got to where you'd want to have like a blanket on. I have one of those blankets with a hole in it because I live in Arizona. And those things work pretty good for just, you know, when it's cold, but it isn't super cold. And uh, it was about like that in the van. Like you needed something to stay a little bit warmer, but you didn't have to like, you weren't crippled by the cold or anything. Sure. So, and this was only 45 but I imagine uh, that little heater, from what I'm told from listening to people who live in their vans and stuff, you get any heater in a van and it works like better than you need it to. Like you end up turning it off all the time because it gets too hot. Tiny little spaces. Yeah. Yeah. And I got a lot of insulation in there. So I suspect uh, just even, I was almost thinking about getting a sterno that, you know, just running a sterno for a little while because it's not like the place is airtight. And uh, just that little bit of heat would have probably made it comfortable in there. Uh, air conditioning is a whole other thing, and it got down to 95 out here. So as soon as I got down to Arizona, boom, 95, dealing with heat again. So I'm really thinking um, something as simple as taking, like, the two the too far, like the, the ones next to the windows, taking some sort of a, a hose, and when I need to, hook that hose to, like, a vent hose that goes down to the back corners of the van. So something that, like, just literally physically clicks onto the front of the vent the ones that are you know furthest on the dashboard to the outside of the vehicle and by the windows you mean yeah just like you pass like you're ones closest to the doors and yeah. then uh just literally click on some little piece of plastic that funnels it into a maybe a half one and a half inch you know flexible hose that takes it up and runs it along the corners of the van and kicks it out and back and uh I think something as simple as that would just move cold air back there and then heat when you need to. And then when I don't need it, I just take off those two pieces of hose and stow them someplace. But I saw somebody do something like that. In That'd a be car. good for like when going down the road and, you know, oil gets hot or something, you could turn the AC on there back there for them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we tried running the AC while we were sitting at the Dayton Air Museum and the van overheated. So I think, uh, Oh, because of the AC, I don't know. Plus it was just hot. I mean, it's a Dayton, Ohio. So how hot can it possibly be? But still enough for the van to overheat, just sitting in one spot with the sun beating on the radiator. So what I'm thinking is it probably doesn't have a oil cooler, a separate oil cooler and other, you know, extra radiators. So I'm thinking, uh, that could be one of those things that if it's available, like if ambulances have that and it's just an add on, to this one, then uh, that could be the kind of thing where if somebody, you know, has a junkyard and can get me one or knows a place I can get one from a junkyard and they can help me with the labor or something to, you know, and I could drive up to Salt Lake City and get that put on or drive over to Memphis and have that installed cheap or something, then that might be the kind of thing I put on a, you know, to-do list for the van or something. All right, Dano said that he didn't mean a bed, but getting off the floor or more comfort. Yeah, see, we all have our own levels of comfort. Um, I think the most enjoyable sleep I've had in a long time was 
um, a couple of times during the trip where depending on where I was at one time I was even nowhere near it but I would go to uh, wherever a van a truck is still idling like the trucks will just sit there and idle all night long yeah this is cheaper for them to stay running than turn off so um, just parking up next to one of them especially when you're real tired and then uh, falling asleep to that vibration because the trucks you know they can vibrate the whole ground around them so if you can get between two trucks that are running then I mean, that's like being a baby in a crib, or a vibrating crib or something. And it's fancy vibrating beds that you pay money for. So, uh, and see, I'd be the opposite. I wouldn't be able to do that because I like it completely quiet. And so that would well, drive so me nuts. Noise is almost like anti noise because it's just that murmur of big engines doing their thing. And they're just murmuring at a very consistent, you know, noise. So, yeah, there definitely is noise, but I'm also, you know, gun deaf. So, yeah. <laughs> But we're all half gun deaf. So um, anyway, I thought that was some of the most that was some of the most comfortable sleeping. But really, um, if you look at the itinerary there, I wasn't like stopping and enjoying time to sleep. When I was in Illinois, it was actually pretty annoying. I was in the sewing room on this like little cot thing, and my dog hates it when I'm in a bed that he ain't in. Right, my dog is used to sleeping in the bed with me. So if I'm in a little tiny cot that I barely fit in. The dog is just massively butthurt that he can't be <laughs> not in it. So it was just not comfortable. I didn't like sleeping there. Um, at Smeggy's, it was great. But uh, there one night, Marcos, again, he was, uh, put us up. So we were in the bed and the dog was in the bed. He was super happy. But the rest of the time, it was like, oh, I'm just going to go in back and sleep for a couple hours. Or I'm driving between here and there. I'll stop and sleep for two hours, drive for two hours, stop and sleep for an hour. That kind of thing so i don't know if that was good or bad i don't mind doing that because you know, driving is only the necessity necessity of being in the different places or whatever and it's cheaper than flying and less you know hassle than flying but uh i don't think i would want a cot or something in the back that was permanently set up i value the space back there for when i jump back to work on the computer or just eat lunch or something i just value the space more than i value the couple of hours that I'm exhausted and laying down and really the I mean Dano I don't know if Dano did must not crawl back there I don't know if you did ghost but the it's three-quarter inch of foam like styrofoam and then three-quarters inch of tire rubber so it's not soft like gushy like a mattress or anything but it's like a wrestling mat like it gives there's no there's no yeah, I, I I noticed it was it wasn't I mean it wasn't like there was just a thin pad that goes down to the the steel frame of the van. It was it was pretty pretty thick. Yeah, I mean you're definitely far enough away from any metal or heat or cold. You don't feel any temperature at all on the floor other than whatever the room temperature is. But like it's like a really stiff bed, like in a cheap ass hotel or something or cot, I guess. Um, but. Uh, Anyway, so sometimes I would put down a blanket, but that was mostly not for comfort, but if jerk here did something filthy to the floor and I didn't feel like sleeping in it, you know, I'd put down a blanket just so that I'd have a layer of something between me and his filth. And then, uh, but that alone is fairly comfortable. So anyway, to answer the question, I don't need anything more than that. Well, you, know, you know, they have these um, like folding mattresses that you could literally fold up, stow away, and at night just unfold it and, and at least have that. But they're no, not terribly expensive. No, I hate that whole concept. I would definitely oh, okay. want that. I hate that 
I would not want to have that much room taken up by something that I barely used and that I don't even think would give me all that much comfort. I'd rather, you know, if I want to go sleep in a bed, I'll go, you know, find a hotel or something, but I right. have, that's not one of my needs. So I don't have a bad back and I don't have, you know, bad hips or something like that, I guess. So, you know, it's not a concern for me as I guess it could be for somebody who just didn't want to sleep on a firm surface like that. But I think I grew up sleeping on the floor. I just like sleeping on a firm surface yeah. and beds didn't do it for me until I got this kind of bed now where it's just like a giant sponge. It's like a giant piece of foam. Oh, that memory foam stuff. I guess like somebody gave this to me and it is awesome. Like I really like that bed. But <laughs> regular beds, they don't do nothing for me. I'd rather just sleep on seriously concrete and a blanket than uh, just a stupid bed. I don't like regular medium soft beds. They, yeah. they give me more of a backache, I think, than just something flat. Trying to see. I don't uh, see hammock, no, that would need a hammock. I don't think I would work with a hammock anyway. I would you know, I guess it's possible to create something that could anchor a hammock for me, but I wouldn't want a hammock hanging out in the middle of my van. And uh I can't there was no possible way of being in the middle of a taco, fabric taco would be comfortable for me. I can't imagine. Right. Maybe if you had one of them old fashioned hammocks where they got sticks in the both ends. So that they keep the thing open like a bed or something like a cot but then it's still like your head and your feet are higher than your butt i wouldn't want to sleep like that or i wouldn't want to have to sleep like that if you know some once in a while you can sleep like that but if you can't just stretch out that would drive me nuts yeah all right well so that's the sleeping things basically i brought two poncho liners and maybe three wool blankets and that was plenty for everything um, like I say I probably would have brought a heater if I would have known Colorado was going to try to kill me <laughs> I think even the sterno would have done it I just didn't want there was like three dollars for a sterno at Walmart and there's no way I'm paying three dollars for a sterno can so I, yeah. otherwise I would have tried it probably saying he has long-term pain in the back so sleeping is on a hard service is most comfortable yeah. yeah and i don't know if i i think i did used to have a pain in the back but you'd be surprised by eating healthy and just not being huge anymore how much less pains in the backs you have and how much pains in the legs and shit like that go away all right got so, a pretty bad back and then, and it depends like some places like some nights i'll sleep just fine on a firm sometimes it'll you know it's just it's weird for me. It depends on the night, but most of the time it's gotta be pretty firm. It's the only way my back will actually not hurt as bad. Now, one thing I kept in mind because I've done road trips before, and I almost always killed it with. Well, we didn't stay in hotels always. We have stayed in hotels, and that does kill it, especially if you stay in. You know, you can stay in like three fifty dollars hotels when you scheduled thirty dollars hotels, and that can kill you. Plus, hotels aren't that cheap anymore. So, um, but I did have in the back of my mind that, you know, there was enough money on the credit card, basically, slash money in the budget, that if I needed to, I would just stay in a hotel at some point. Yeah. So you, when you've got that option, you know, it's not like I am a vagrant and I have to sleep in the van. Sure. Um, if something were to happen, if I got somewhere and got rained on and it was just miserable, you know, I would have checked into a hotel or somewhere if I was super uncomfortable. But the thing worked exactly as planned. Like, I, I did the last couple of trips with Bob in the cop car. I did the whole trip in 2012 with Haas in the cop car. 
and I just really like road trips. I don't know if it was from growing up that way or if I just like them, but um, to me, I really don't mind, especially when there's music or if I've got something to do, like I was saying, I'll dictate blog posts. I did, I wrote all kinds of blog posts as I was driving. So if I've got something to do while I'm driving, um, I'm stoked and I can, you know, I, I'm all about getting from here to there overnight or, you know, spend the day getting from here to there so that you can meet up with somebody at night or something. So yeah, um, that part of it is not too bad. And uh, um, that's what I always missed in the cop car is that you get to a rest area and I don't need to sleep for six hours. I just want to stretch my legs and like not be concentrating on the road for just a bit. And sometimes it turns into a three hour sleep. But, you know, most of the time it's just lay down for a bit, not have to pay attention to the road, maybe get up and do a couple of jumping jacks and then go another two, three hours. And, you know, I'm all about that. And the van just makes that so easy and like i say instead of driving into the rest area or the truck stop or whatever and pulling in like a car like a sucker now i can pull into the you know camper slash truck area pull right. in two trucks that are going and then yeah that's super comfortable just sitting in the driver's seat with two trucks engines you know going feet away from you is like sitting in a vibrating chair it's just that i'd rather lay down if i you know i just have to move three feet behind me and i'm laying down but uh, yeah, just you know, getting that break every so often is nice. Well, has your sleeping patterns changed since you're home now, or are you still going in a couple hours at a time? Well, I mean, I'm only home since yesterday, so yeah. I mean, I slept normal. It's not like I got too far off a of sleeping pattern, really. And um, yeah, I really didn't. I probably pulled an all-nighter once or twice during there just to get somewhere, but for the most part, I just fell asleep at like 11 and got up at six or something yeah one night i think i figured i'd get up at six like i'd normally do at least six you know my clock time but i ended up sleeping until like the show or something so you know everyone's <laughs> body will tell you when you're you oh yeah your body's gonna make up for it at least once a month you know uh, watching movies when you're driving no i don't do that um the van is a little bit it's, it's probably a good thing that I'm not too comfortable. You know, the van's just a little bit rickety, and I'm still, like, super paranoid, so I'm listening for the new creaks or, you know, whistles or whatever, squeak, you know, little noises. So um, that, and when I get to about 70, anything past about 60, really, I get a little bit of a vibration, and then after about 75, it calms down again. And for the longest time, I was concerned that it was my front end alignment, like, Front, something with the front end or something with those bushings or something up there was about like those were the screws unscrewing like i was ready for the front end to just come apart you know at 75 miles an hour and i'd have to somehow steer it with no front and steering you know to not kill everybody on the highway or something so it kept me like really paying attention to the road there's no way i would have wanted to look at a map let alone a movie or something playing but uh i really wish there was something on the satellite radio that was like a radio show like the old-fashioned like um mysteries or adventures or stuff or comedies like that kind of radio show like a entertainment type of radio show yeah. or um maybe books on tape or something. it's basically just either some really weak news really lame news really or music and the music is fine the music is good and it's worth the money but it would be 10 times worth the money if they give you some damn books on tape or some actual something to listen to that's interesting. 
Absolutely. But uh, yeah, they were talking about watching movies. I don't think I could ever do that. I'd watch movies in the back while somebody else is driving. That would actually be super cool, actually. Just to get away from the concept of driving for a couple hours and then yeah. get all refreshed and come out and drive again. Um, I don't know how long like this we've been going for a while. My goal was just to fill some time before the primetime shows and to do a bit of an update. So uh, I'm not going to just keep going and keep going. If you guys have any other specific questions, throw them in here. Oh, um, so now they're giving me some good ideas here. So tire rotation, never thought about that, but I probably should rotate my tires, huh? Yeah. Definitely now that you're back, for sure. I'd go ahead and get them rotated and probably get an alignment done just to make sure everything's good. Oh, well, the alignment's an issue. So the alignment was bad when I got it. And then whenever I had the transmission fail, uh, since it was in the shop, I asked them to do the alignment for me. And they said uh, when I picked it up, like we, we were going to do the alignment, but it would require parts. So we figured you didn't want us to. We didn't do it. And I go, great. That's exactly what I would have said. Don't do it. I don't have money for that. So um, when I got in it, though, like when they actually handed it back over to me, the wheel was basically back dead straight. So whatever they did do, they aligned it, or at least they aligned the, the steering wheel again for me. Um, they just didn't finish the job, I suppose, or whatever, actually aligning the wheels, so, which is fine. So it seemed to drive just fine. And I'm pretty sure that that vibration I was feeling was my tread, like my tires themselves on. Yeah, wearing down on the sides, yeah. Well, no, just, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, just uh, the tires themselves hitting the pavement at 60 was a different contact than when they get up to 75. You know, they're just touching differently. So yeah. I think that was, because it was really consistent and it was in all the wheels and at least that's what I'm pretty sure. It was just, uh, you know, because I have not a, an aggressive off-road tire. I have a, you know, fleet vehicle type of tire, but it's definitely more aggressive than your typical car almost a race cars you know flat tire so i think it's just designed for more general use and once you get it to 75 it's just not smooth did you see uh rupan's comments that he picked up a uh an or remote oil cooler with a fan for 200 bucks right and that's the kind of thing i'm talking about so yeah. i figure maybe somebody just has something that you just you know you release the gas or the oil filter and it goes in line there and gives you a, a cooler or maybe something specific to that van. You know, these things are sometimes, well, they are sold with nothing on back and they turn them into ambulances or buses or something. Right, right. In those cases, they're going to have a remote or, a, you know, an oil filter cooler. And then it might just be, you know, there's two plugs in mine where they just have to plug into them. I don't really know. So, uh, but yeah, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Like, those are the kind of upgrades. Do I need them? No. But if somebody out there wants to contribute to the, the campaign or the tour or the project or you want to call it and that's something that they can participate in like they've got an old ambulance that they can pull one off of or you know they have one off of an old race car that'll work on here then yeah that's the kind of shit that now now i don't think i'm going to do 30 month 30 day marathons like this this was really a a project to kind of get the ball rolling and to get to the castle and if i'm going to drive all the way to new york i might as well spend some time getting there and coming back right right once I spent three thousand dollars on a transmission, I <laughs> well enjoy the ride since it might be my last, right? So um, it, it, I figure in future trips, you know, I can book over to California, I can book up to Vegas, I can book up to Salt Lake City, I can book up to Denver. I'm really, you know, annoyed that I haven't actually been to Denver yet. 
Oh, Denver's awesome. You'll love it. In Colorado. I know what the right is over to Dallas now. I definitely have plenty of people over in Texas to meet up with. There's always going to Tulsa. So, the, you know, Tucson isn't the worst place to be in. I'd like to get up to um, Wyoming to get to the Cody Museum. They have invited me now twice, like the Cody people. Oh, Rock really? Emory has the the auction people, Rock Island Auction, I should say, have invited me twice now to go hang out with their thing for their auctions. So they haven't invited me with a check, which, you know, I would have been there by now. But uh, And I'm not asking for one, but, you know, that's these are all... Uh, what do you call them, like legs that I could start? Jackson Hole is a really cool place up there because they have, uh, in the middle of their little town square, they they have people that are all day just dressed up like old Wild West guys and they'll have reenactments of shootouts and stuff like that. It's a pretty cool place. Yep, I did. I spent some time up in that area before, and uh, I'd love to go back, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So rubber belts must be replaced or they will snap, and your valve train is screwed up. What? I think what Dano was asking is, he was asking earlier, is uh, your timing belt, is it a is it a belt or is it a chain? Because he said if it's a belt, then the rubber uh, has to be replaced or it will snap and your valve train is screwed up then. So he said it should be a chain, though. I don't know. I think he was, he was asking that when you were talking about the vibration, thinking of that, you know. Oh, I'm pretty sure that vibration is my tire's. It goes away, and if it was a problem with anything else, why wouldn't it, you know, the driving at 75 would exasperate it, and it would stick around at other speeds. Like, I don't, you know, there's there's no reason for it to go away every time I drove slower again. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the tire rotation is a good one, and um Probably do an oil change, get those spark plugs changed out. I'm not really looking forward to that. The, the doghouse is really small on this one, which is nice, so that there's lots of leg room, but there's no room. I already went in and kind of reconned this, the spark plugs before the trip and opted not to do them because I didn't want to get into a quagmire. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be a pain in the butt to do them. Hopefully, I'm just pessimistic and it turns out to be easier because on the last van, it was actually a lot easier than I thought. But it definitely looks like I got to go up through the wheel well to get to the two. And uh, I don't know, maybe that's easier said than done. Or maybe it's easier done than it looks like it's going to be. But um, we'll continue, like I say, to, to look at all the content we created. I've got help with uh, Jimmy and Angry and Heavy that are going to be helping me uh, from Phoenix to get some of this stuff out there. And If you need any help doing editing or video, let me know. Just email some stuff and I can work on some stuff for you. Oh, I'm definitely interested in that. I would like to get more people on the Gun Websites crew to uh, kind of turn this into a system, right, so that we're not dependent on me going out and doing all this because really it shouldn't depend on that. Like, hopefully the, the tour pieces of it are just supplements to, you know, um, um, you know, people going out there and remembering that they got cameras in their pocket and, like, contributing to a big collection of gun shop um, archives or knowledge base or whatever you want to call it. So, uh, yeah, look forward to that. We'll talk about that kind of strategy in a bunch of loophole tour update. And if you have any specific questions about the van, um, you can email me, gunwebsites at gmail.com. Uh, you can chat with us, any of us, over on Gun Channels. But uh, 36 days later, I think we learned a lot. Definitely have a lot of content, so there'll be a lot of stuff coming out. Um, learned a lot about the van. I'm very comfortable with it. 
I guess I should end it on a negative note, or unfortunately, I got to end it on a negative note. I don't have a lot of money, so I'm going to probably put the well, I am going to put the van up for uh, sale on Craigslist. But um, you know, it's not my intention to just drop it for ten bucks or something. So I'm probably going to put it up there for a, a sizable amount of money, but enough that it would make it worth my while if somebody bought it to pay off the bills that I've got on it right now, and. Uh, fairly confident that I can get another van and continue doing what I'm doing. The van definitely seems like the, the right vehicle for the job. Um, but we're going to continue to work on the Patreon support. And hopefully once people start seeing the kind of uh, interesting videos that come out and the assortment of shops and uh, some of the stories, uh, once we develop the whole project from just the videos to getting some of the gun shop owners and surplus store people on as guests of the daily gun show and early watch and some of the other projects over on gun channels um we'll see that you know this thing can develop and hopefully it'll be something that's new for people interesting and worthy of support and i figure if i can get three to five thousand dollars a month uh through patreon that's about a third of what uh, some of the other channels are doing in the gun realm over there. Uh, that would be plenty for us to continue the tour and basically be on the road, not to quite 24-7, but, you know, weeks out of the month. And that would give us time to check out the different regions of the country as well as the different, uh, like, types of stuff that's out there. I figure we need to take some trips and look at shooting ranges, for example. We've done museums and gun shops. Oh, that'd be fun. Manufacturers, yeah. but maybe go out and meet up with the gun rights groups, uh, meet up with the, the national ones that are in the various corners of the country, as well as the state ones, and then some of them that are focused on things like uh, specific areas of shooting, you know, the three guns or the, the single action shooters or stuff like that. Um, obviously, we can incorporate some of these on other tours, but, you know, there's different things that we can look at. Um, going out and experiencing some of the anti-gun states, you know, do a, a tour that goes from New York to Chicago to um, like New Jersey, those states, and then ends up in California or something, or go up and down California and explore some of the things. One of the, I know this is a van chat, but the, you know, one of the concepts and one of the goals of the tour is to talk about the reciprocity and the CCW of all these different states. So. Um, we can look at stuff like the dog laws, you know, what it's like legally to have a dog in your vehicle at the various times of the year in these different states. Uh, we can look at, I don't know, there's really not too many other interstates. I didn't really know there were dog laws, honestly. Yeah, whenever I did the trip in 2012, I looked them up. There's only laws in like Maryland, uh, Arizona, and I forget one other state. Otherwise, you know, nobody had a right to tell me I couldn't kick my dog in my car if I wanted to. But those states, they basically give people a, um, they're, they're not liable if they bust open your car to get your dog out, which is probably fine. I don't think I have too much of a problem with sort of like a good Samaritan law or whatever. Like, uh, you know, you're doing good. You might be wrong and you might have the air conditioner on, but if someone doesn't know and they err in the side of not letting your dog die, you know, you would do the same for a kid for sure. Yes, sir. And huh. property over a dog, it's tough. But anyway, some states have it, some states don't. So that might be something interesting to look at in a future van chat. Anyway, I think I'm going to end it because I'm sure the new stuff is starting there at the top of the hour. 
So thanks I again. I don't know if Matt's going to have anything tonight. I don't know. He's had some interviews today. I know that. Who, Matt? Matt, yeah. Well, Clover's talked about doing something. That's so maybe true. we'll take the slot. And we know Hawaii Volcano Squad probably has something going on. We like shooting yep. light. But um, in any case, I got to go to bed. So I'm going to end it. <laughs> for jumping in. Thanks, Ghost, for joining the yeah, Thanks for having me. Moon was in here for a bit, and uh, in the future, if you'd like to be part of one of these chats, just head over to Gun Channels. We simulcast everything we do over there, and uh, it's just a community we built for firearms. I think it's going into its fourth or fifth year, and uh, that we always drop links over there, so then you can join us. So again, thank you for joining, and uh, thank you for participating in the uh, Gun Show Loophole Tour. It's only just begun. We've got a couple of uh, gun shows coming up. Like I said, we're going to Prescott this next weekend. I have to send the check in to them today uh so they get it by the weekend then we just confirmed we're going to have a, a tent set up like a basically a booth at the uh um big sandy shoot the machine gun shoot out in arizona and uh, jimmy james and i'll go up to that and spend the weekend out there uh shooting machine guns and shooting the shit and filming some videos and talking to people about gun channels um after that we'll go to uh tulsa after that is the small arms review show and then we got uh a shot show coming up after that and then we'll try to sneak in as many weekend trips and other gun shows in between all that as we can all right thanks everybody for joining we will talk to you again next time well i guess i should find my excellent intro music Oh, well, nope. Got my first commercial. How does YouTube Red give you music out in the mountains? Doesn't make any sense.